So Johnny, there are various, there are many cultural touchstones uh, that we humans have. We have the Godfather. We have uh, the Brady Bunch. No, I guess the Brady Bunch doesn't really count. But the Simpsons, I would say, is a significant uh, cultural, pop culture touchstone. But there's been one that I've been neglecting for years, Mm -hmm. despite my proximity, almost orbit around it. And that is Gundam. So why proximity? Well, because of my cousins, Brian and Joe. Brian's a huge Gundam fan. Joe's a huge Gundam fan. Mm -hmm. But also just because mecha robots in general, like Transformers, I feel like that's been very uh, influential in the back, especially in anime. Metal Gear. Metal Gear, right? Metal Gear has mecha, right? I mean, the the titular Metal Gear Rex, right, basically? Yeah. Or Ray, or whichever variant is in whichever game you're playing. Uh, my favorite one is the Slanthropist from Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. By far the per- the perfect Metal Gear, but that's neither here nor there. I'm talking about Gundam, and that's because my interest in Gundam has I, I've never really had an interest until I want to say this last year, and it's very ironic because something similar happened to me when I was younger, where I wasn't into history until way after I went to Europe. And looking back, I was like, man, if it would have been cooler if I had gone to Europe after I got into history. And two, no, three years now, almost three years now, I went to Japan and we saw the giant unicorn Gundam statue. We went to like the Gundam base, which is like the biggest like Gundam model kit store in the world. And I was just kind of like, eh, whatever. And ironically, now I've kind of gotten into it. And it's like, man, I did not, I didn't cherish it as I should have when I had that chance. Did they have uh, some cheap ones at the stores that you maybe could have shipped back? I think so. I think so. They're definitely cheaper over there just because of the whole shipping thing. Yeah. I think I, I remember, if I remember correctly, looking at the prices on average, they were about like $15 or so cheaper than what it would be to buy them here. So what is it here? It depends because there's different grades. There's like, uh, there's like different like scale models, like one, one forty fourth scale is like the smallest one. And like the biggest is like one, one sixtieth. So it's like basically in scale to like what a real actual Gundam would be. Yeah. So like the one one forty four you seen I showed you last time is like kind of like this, and then one one sixty is kind of like this, and so I'm, I'm if you guys can't tell I'm showing Johnny with my hands basically, but anyway, so I was never really into Gundam. I was kind of just intimidated by it because it seemed like such a pervasive thing. It's like oh like, it's kind of like um I'm trying to think of something that's been long running that's inaccessible. I can't think of anything really other than like that. But it's like one of those things where like it feels like if you weren't there from the beginning, it would be too hard to jump into. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like Overwatch, like the Overwatch game. But you're into everything, every aspect of it? No, I kind of just I'm actually just tre- treading into like the very earliest stuff. I'm going in chronological order, release date order. Yeah. So like, OK, so back to what I was saying. The funny thing is I've always been around Gundam stuff growing up through my cousins, but it just never appealed to me because it just seemed like nonsense, like just inaccessible nonsense i'm like okay how how do you make that there's robots there's humans fighting with their robots against other humans with robots oh that's nonsense but i'll play pokemon how do you make okay but the difference is i was there from the inception of pokemon all right you know what i'm saying yeah so gundam is confusing because there is so many iterations of like the show and the manga but like only a handful of them are related to each other and like the rest are like one-offs so it's hard to know where to jump in. So anyways, the funny thing is I didn't get into it till this past year. And that's because I saw this tweet of um, someone put a tweet or in a picture of a woman 
and she's in a flood. There's like a flood going on in some, I think it's like in the Philippines or something. There's like a flood going on. And in her, in the raft is herself and her husband's Gundam collection. Like these boxes, like, like those are the things she chose to save from their house. that got flooded. Mm-hmm. Like the whole village got flooded, but like, no, nah, like it's, I got to protect my family and my husband's Gundam collection. And I was just like, like, that's such a weird thing to like be like, you know, uh, not tight, but like to be like, I got to protect this. Right. Or he was abusive and she knew <laughs> I got to get these out. Oh, I hope not. I hope not. Maybe. Maybe he wasn't home and she was just like, oh, no, man. He's going to come home later and be like, why what happened to my Gundams? And that, That's possible. I hope that's not the case. That's possible. And I'm like, why? Like, okay, why is Gundam such a big thing? Because it is a big thing. It, it, mm-hmm. It's, I think Japan actually has, like, Gundam is the only fictional property. Like, they actually have a school dedicated to to learning about the series, but also about like robotics and electronics and stuff. Yeah. I think for me, um, I can't get into the anime. There's not an anime that visually like it looks dope, but you know, I'm very picky with like the frame rate and everything. Yeah. Yes. But I am into the models. The models look amazing. I'm just like not much of a collector. Cause I'm at the same, at the same time, I'm a minimalist. True. So it's like, do I want to start a collection with Gundam? Because of all the model kits, I think it's the dopest stuff to build. Yeah. But it's like, do I want to have this random collection of anime stuff and military stuff? And like, do you want to commit to this? I don't like clutter clutter is a thing. Right, right. No, but yeah, I I, I was like, wow, like that woman really like, she's like, like above all else, like she saved her husband's Gundam collection. I'm like, maybe I should finally check this out. And so that was a catalyst. Really? That, it's weird. It's weird. That random tweets like what finally kind of got me like, like, what am I missing here? Like, there was clearly I'm missing something here because it's like such a cultural thing, especially in Japan, where Gundam is like the thing. Like right now they have a I, I tweeted I sent a message to our cousin Brian how they have like a promotion with McDonald's over there. And like one of like the main villains of Gundam from like 40 plus years ago. Who's like he's like the brand? His name is Char. He's like this guy has like a white helmet. He's kind of like a think of like space Darth Vader basically, mm-hmm. but he has like a promotional campaign going on with McDonald's, and it's like wow, like even like forty plus years later, like this property is still like going strong. So I'm like, let me look into this, and so I dug around. I looked it up. I'm like, where? Like I looked. At, I basically Google like where should I jump into like Gundam, and it's like start with the original 1979 anime which is called mobile suit gundam and so i started there it's about 40 episodes and i was like the first two episodes i'm like ah, i don't see i think it was around episode 10 where i was like i get it now like i get it now for the narrative was for at least for the story yes where i'm like right. okay I'm, in, I'm invested into these characters there's this conflict going on so for those of you guys who don't know i, I swear we're gonna get to video games eventually we're gonna get to video games but we always for those of you who don't know basically the there is multiple timelines or multiple like realities in Gundam, but the main one, the one, the first one, and the, probably the most important one is what we call the Universal Century timeline, which is like the one timeline that they actually follow through throughout the entire years of like adding like new story bits to. Like the other, there's other ones like Gundam Wing, Gundam Sea, Gundam Double. Those are like spinoffs that are not set in the same reality. But the main one, the Universal Century line, is like the main one that runs throughout the entire life of this of the series. Okay. In this alternate history, basically, humans have kind of over 
kind of polluted but also over flood overflowed earth they're kind of overpopulated so some of them start to look to the stars so they go out into space and they create like these rotating kind of like you know what a dyson sphere is johnny yes yeah, a little absurd but yeah it's like a Dyson sphere, but more like a Dyson cylinder than a sphere. A little absurd that you could create a Dyson sphere, but you can't save your own planet. It's well, it's not so much that you can't. It's just the overpopulation issues. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you take care of overpopulation without going into like uh, eugenics? You know what I mean? Without trying to kill or stimulate population growth. Sort of, but you still need resources and like actual mass to make a Dyson sphere. That is true. So it's kind of that part is always. I think I think in one of the, they do mention how they like basically harvest like asteroids and comets and stuff, but I don't know hundred percent sure if that's like the actual based in science or not. Okay, I don't want to get too deep. Okay, but you you see what I'm saying? I see the issue. Yeah. So yeah. they create like these space colonies. Essentially, what it is is like they're like kind of like cylinders where they harvest the sun. They funneled. Basically, it's a space colony, but it has like mountain ranges, lakes, and rivers, and like grass fields. So it's like a, it's not just like all metal, right? Yeah. It's like a living, it's kind of like basically, if you didn't know any better, you would think this is Earth. And so they have all these space colonies throughout, throughout the solar system. I don't think they go beyond the solar system. They have them throughout the solar system. And what eventually, eventually happens is that kind of like the American Revolution, where the space colonies kind of like they've always been subservient to the Earth people. Mm-hmm. And this new kind of break off this like factions, like we're not going to do this anymore. Like we're going to govern ourselves. And they basically create a principality called Zeon. Zeon is so libertarians. Kind of. Yeah, I would say so. Except they're very aggressive. They're far more aggressive than traditional uh, libertarians. Right. They're almost kind of like, um, I'm trying to think of a better way of putting it. But they're, they're just very like, we don't want to be governed by earth politics. We're going to do our own thing, but we're going to have a very bloody way of doing about okay, it. So they're more pirates, more like pirates. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Right. So the Xeon Federation, they create their own separate government, but they're going to have to fight their way to create that government. Fast forward. It, 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 they each, they have like their own, like they're the first ones to develop mobile suits, which are like the giant robots. Mm-hmm. And then the earth is a little bit behind them. And so they developed like their first one, which is like the titular Gundam, the RX seventy eight, which or seventy nine, which is like the big like uh no, I think it's seventy eight, which is like the the white. Well, you think of Gundam, the traditional white, blue, red Gundam mm-hmm. suit, and that's and so the story is that this show is about war. It's mostly about war, but it's like the different uh, realities and issues they had to deal with when waging a war against your fellow man. And so they, it's cool. It brings up a lot of plots and themes of like civil war and like. So is it mostly? Is it mostly these bots, or does it go into, like, uh... Well, they have pilots. They have pilots. Okay, so later in the show, it gets weird where some of the pilots start to develop, like, psychic powers, kind of. Uh And what they call it in in the show is they become what call new types, referring to new types of humans. And basically, the theory is that as people are exposed to space, away from the Earth, away from the shackles of gravity that their body will naturally undergo an evolution of where they become to become like superior humans, basically. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I just finished uh, watching, I finished that show and I watched the sequel show, uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, which takes place like eight years later. And there's more of these people like emerging, kind of like mutants in a way, like in the X-Men. But now like they're doing them artificially. They're like forcefully, they're forcing evolution on certain people. And so, like, there's a new faction. I'm not going to go into the spoilers and stuff, but it's interesting how they apply kind of like, um, kind like the main villain 
uh, who's Char. Char is like the reoccurring villain throughout the series, even though sometimes he's not a villain. Like in Zeta, he's very much a protagonist, but he's very clearly kind of like the Magneto of the series. Where like humans, like we have to evolve. We have to go out to the stars. Like he says, like our souls are like weighed down by gravities or Earth's gravity. And like he's very much kind of like what you call like a futurist. And so like the show is really dope. I really thought it was just like, you know, giant robots go brrr kind of thing. But like there is a remarkable amount of like subtext of like philosophy, politics, and like all these underlying themes that you would not initially think by just looking outside in mm-hmm. and so like now like and it's a cool thing is like this series has been around forever like almost 40 years and it's cool to kind of like discover some new facet of pop culture and like and it's like wow this is cool like there's more of this like oh yeah there's like 40 years worth of to catch up on it's like oh cool like it's cool to like find a new, a new thing to kind of like fall in love with like when it's like a media thing you know what i mean so are you trying to go chronologically and not be spoiled by some of the new stuff i'm just gonna go right now i'm just sticking with the universal timeline the universal century timeline which is like the main stuff yeah and then i might branch out to like like the other spinoffs and stuff but like i'm i'm just like following this uh kind of like here like a guide that kind of tells you like okay check these out uh, oh, there's some stuff that takes place in between this show and this show, but the animation is newer. So, like, if you watch, it's gonna be jarring. You can't go back to like the older animation because it's yes. gonna feel weird. Yeah. So, like, watch this, watch this. Oh, this thing takes place between that and that, but this is newer. Like, as in, like, real life, it was made newer. So, like, don't watch it till you've watched the other ones. Like, it's kind of weird because they they jump around a lot in the timeline. Like, they'll add like a new show or a new movie, and it's like between like the older looking ones. So you kind of have to like, like don't follow. Has it changed the whole lot though? Like I, I'll go into, I'll try to find some Gundam content, but I feel like it's all just made in the eighties. No, yeah, there's newer, there's like stuff even from like I think the last mainline addition to the Universal Century timeline was like 2018. Okay. So like there is newer stuff that's still like being made for this. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah, it's. They say, like, don't follow the chronological. Go by actual release date. Because if you go chronological, it's going to be really hard for you to go back to the older stuff uh, that I looks dated. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my, I, going on 14 minutes here. I'm trying not to talk too much about it. But I I guess this counts as my what you've been watching segment. Because I honestly, I haven't been playing anything since last week, really. Because I've just been binge watching the show. And so, I'm really excited to get more into uh, Gundam. But, anyways, this is not an anime podcast or a mobile suit podcast although i want to see now if there is one out there this is a video game podcast of course my name is andrew roscoe and with this is the dual sense podcast as always joined by well as usually i should say joined by the badger of the high desert yes hello the self-proclaimed lost cause because he's always down for the cause never down for the count the unnecessary one johnny what's up I just told you what's up, Johnny. <laughs> Some nice dead air right there. I try to make Johnny feel awkward, and I think I succeeded, Johnny. Did I All succeed? Right. So what do we? Yes. What do we got? Awesome. Here? Uh, we got a couple stories. A couple stories, sir. Let's talk about the one that probably interests you the most, and that is the God of War Ragnarok release date and pre-order info finally revealed. Uh, I got this article from GameSpot, not to be confused with the store GameStop. Written by Devante Chisholm. Johnny, before I get started, do you want to say anything about God of War or you want to wait till I finish? No, go ahead. All right. It's official. God of War Ragnarok has a release date. 
This continuation of the best father-slash-son story in gaming will hit shelves on November 9th for PS5 and PS4. Four editions will be available at launch, and pre-orders will start on July 15th at 7 a.m. That's Pacific time. If you pre-order any edition of Ragnarok, you'll receive two in-game cosmetics, Kratos' Risen Snow Armor and Atreus' Risen Snow Tunic. These are launch edition bonuses, so the code will be in the box or added to your PlayStation account upon purchasing a digital version. Forspoken, the action RPG from Square Enix, has been pushed from October to January 24th, 2023 in a statement... Oh, hold on. Hold up. I just real. I thought this was only about God of War. No, this is like a general stuff. Okay, this is like a general roundup of stuff from like last week. Ah, I got that confused. Johnny, what was I looking for? God of War, Stand Down Syndrome, Messes, Debunks, Crunch Rumors, Really. Okay, let's go with the. We're gonna go with the Dual Shockers uh, article here, Johnny. Uh, God of War right around development debunks Crunch Rumors with release date clarification. Uh, this comes from Dual Shockers, written by MD. Okay, that's a mouthful. Armuganudin. Armuganudin. Oh, I'm saying that right. It says God of War Ragnarok fans have been waiting for a long time to hear more about the game, and we finally got a release date announcement. As we said, yeah, November seventh, right? Uh, or was it ninth? I already forgot, Johnny. Ninth, right? Don't recall. The only thing that's what happened to me is that it's November. I'm pretty sure it was November. It's either 7th or 9th, guys. I, fo- I already forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, the fact that the game was not delayed once again and it hit the 2022 release window is something fans were quite happy about, which Johnny clearly just mentioned. Not to forget, there are not a lot of games coming out towards the end of the year, so this announcement makes the holiday season quite interesting for PlayStation fans. Like always, there are certain things players are disappointed with, starting off with the absence of physical discs in the bundles. While the debate for that is still raging, some have started to speculate that the release date might cause some crunch for the developers. Twitter user Frosk, who is the host of G4TV, posted a tweet yesterday stating that God of War Ragnarok release date seems rushed in order to target the holiday season. The user further adds that they hope there is no crunch and things are actually going in a scheduled fashion. Not often do we see a game's release date announcement being delayed for so long, so Frost's comments are ent- aren't entirely out of context and are quite logical. Not to forget, Santa Monica Studios ha- has a history of crunch and it has even defended it in the past. However, Corey Barlog, creative director of Santa Monica Studios, was quick to debunk the rumors and st- stated that they thought a lot about the release date before finalizing it. It is, for- it is further added that the release date was chosen to ensure that it is the best for not only the game, but also for the fans and the team. While the game's release date might appear rushed, the fact that Santa Monica Studios set such high standards for itself, and with Corey Barlock clarifying rumors, God of War Ragnarok looks all set to surpass expectations. Alright, Johnny, so two things real quick. Do you want any of those special editions, or are you going to settle for the base game? Base game. Okay. Second, why? how can anyone think this game was rushed when this game has been like delayed multiple times? It's been delayed. It's been development for like five years. Yeah, so I don't know how they could say it's rushed. Johnny, what are your overall thoughts about I this? Think, I think maybe they're saying it's rushed because the the audience for this game has been requesting a fucking release date for some months now. That's true. So that pressure makes it seem like, oh, fuck, they finally did it because of the pressure. Because, you know? because of the dick pics. 
Yeah, I don't know if it was that. I don't think the dick pics were going to push the game. I know, I'm, just, I'm just being facetious. Yeah. Uh, so, it's nothing crazy to me. I mean, they put a release date. I'm not going to question whether it was because of pressure. Early November, basically. So, yeah. And everybody was expecting, like, late this year. November seems like, you know, if you think back, like, a year, you assume, like, oh, it's going to be a holiday. You know, it's going to be released during the holiday. Like not so too late, like... It's not surprised, cl- yeah. Yeah, like not December where you're cutting it close to like Christmas, but not too early where like you're in October and like, you know, possibly get like a a price reduction for Black Friday or something. So like right in right early November seems about right. Yeah. Also, uh, it might have been the reason why you're gonna get into it later, but why first spoken was delayed. Cause it had to compete with fucking God of War, right? I don't know. And Those then, are necessarily the same audiences, but yeah, you don't want to release within the orbit of a juggernaut that is God of War, I think. Yeah. And then January makes a lot more sense for First Spoken because there's not a whole lot of releases, major releases mm-hmm. in January. So that seems appropriate. Yeah. Johnny, does that mean that you wish you're hoping to get a PS5 by then, by November? I think so. I might get a PS5 by then. If the maybe if, not if the stock keeps up, yeah, maybe not November, but uh, December makes more sense for me. Yeah, it it's really gonna come down to availability. If, yes, if we could even find one. Okay, all right, I'll let you. I I well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna get God of War right at release day. Yeah, I don't know. I think I still have to finish the first one. I still have to go back and finish the 2000. Oh, that's right. The 2018, right? Was it 2018? Yep. Yeah, I still have to finish that one. So. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but anyways, that's... what did you think about the uh, additions though? Milner looks pretty good. Everything in that case looks dope. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's weird that there's not a disc included with it though. Like, oh really? Yeah, that's like the main issue is that like all the all the bundles that come with something do not have a physical disc, but have like a download code. Oh, that's not too bad. That's kind of weird though. It's like why can't you just throw a disc in there? It's that's true. It's just really weird to do that, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not as upset about it. I, I guess because it's not a series I care about as fondly as other people, but maybe if I was a huge fan, I'd probably be upset about it. I just think logistically it seems weird to not include a disc unless they were worried that the contents would like break the disc or something. I yeah, don't know. I don't see any incentive for not putting a disc in there, right? It's just weird. But anyways, let's move on to our next story, Johnny. Next one from Kotaku, of course. Rockstar. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I pushed something bad. All right. This one comes written by Zax Wizen, a name I always... The alliteration always gets to me. The ZZ, Zax Wizen. Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 Remastered, shelved after GTA Trilogy debacle, which probably a good idea. Following recent rumors, Kotaku confirmed via its sources that Rockstar Games is currently focused on developing Grand Theft Auto 6 and has shelved all remakes following the poor reception of the Grand Theft Auto the Trilogy, the Definitive Edition. Yesterday, a tweet from Tez, an often reliable and trusted GTA insider, caught the attention of many Rockstar fans. According to the tweet, Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 remasters were no longer on the table, possibly due to the horrible mess that was last year's GTA Trilogy remakes. While some question if this was true... I can confirm that Tez's tweet is accurate and lines up with what I've been told. Uh, According to sources with knowledge of Rockstar's plans and future projects, 
The publisher is hoping that folks will forget all about the critically panned and botched classic GTA remasters released last year, while it focuses most of its resources and energy on its next big game, Grand Theft Auto 6, which Rockstar earlier this year confirmed was, in fact, in development. However, while the current plan is to get GTA 6 finished and out the door, I'm told a Red Dead Redemption and GTA 4 remaster aren't entirely out of scope and could still happen in the future after GTA 6 ships. Kotaku has contacted Rockstar Games for comment. Since last year in our report confirming the existence of the then-rumored GTA trilogy remasters, we also explained that at the time, Rockstar had plans to remaster Red Dead Redemption. At the time of the report, the idea of remastering RDR had been on the table for the publisher for a few years already, but now in the wake of last year's remaster flopping and demands for GTA 6 growing, the publisher has shifted plans again and is moving forward to the next big thing. Uh, for those who don't remember, 2021's GTA Trilogy was released in a broken state filled with graphical bugs and other problems that made the games hard to enjoy on any platform you played. While updates fixed many of these issues, the remastered art and menus still left many players unhappy. It also didn't help that, in the lead-up to announcing the remastered trilogy, Rockstar and Take-Two went after old fan mods and projects, angering a community who could have stepped in to help fix the botched release. Johnny, this this was a great idea. They should focus all resources on GTA 6. Yeah. In a lot of ways, those, that remaster, it was 3, right? No, it was Liberty City. 4. Wait, which one are you talking about? The remaster. The one that happened was the the PS2 ones. Liber- uh, three by oh, City. Oh, that's right. They all. And yeah, in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, uh, the original games were better than the fucking remasters. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's interesting because I saw a lot of articles pop up around that time about why, like, things like atmospheric fog, like in games like Draw Distance, like all those things, mm-hmm. we see them as negatives, and yet sometimes they serve as positives because they kind of hide the ugly looks of some things. Like, for example, like someone was flying. So you remember how the map in GTA San Andreas was like a square, basically, right? Yeah. And then, like, someone f- used, like, the jet, like, the fighter jet to fly off away from the map, and then they came back, and it's an island that's just a giant square shape. Yeah. And it was like, obviously, we always knew it was square shape, but when you can see all of it in that shape, it just looks really unnatural and weird. Mm-hmm. And so, like... All those things with the atmospheric fog and draw distancing and like frame yeah, they, rate. They had sections like where it would rain under the bridges. Yeah. Odd shit like that. Like all that stuff in the original was kind of actually not a bad choice originally. Mm-hmm. It's just, it looks weird. Red Dead Redemption, like the first one, I actually really like. I think it's like one of those underrated uh, Rockstar games because it's not GTA, but like that f- first Red Dead Redemption is actually a really cool game. I enjoyed it. As much as I enjoyed it, it hasn't aged that badly, I think. It came out like 2011, 2010, around there. Yeah. No, no, earlier than that. It came out like 2009, I want to say. But I think it still looks fine. I, I, I'm I, glad they didn't put resources into that. And GTA 4, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. It's not my favorite GTA, but it's not the worst one. It's just kind of there. I feel like Rockstar is just dying. No, are you kidding me? With all the money they make from online GTA, they online? make a ton of money, but creatively, maybe. Yeah, creative I don't think monetarily they're dying. They're dying, and these remasters are shit. Well, this is the age of the remaster, Johnny. This is the age of everybody remastering everything. Yeah, Resident Evil, Final Fantasy. Remake. Uh, what am I missing? There's those other are, ones. Those are remakes. I think it's totally different. Last of Us. And those are smaller companies, too. Last of Us. 
supposedly uncharted remember like everything's getting like everything let's say let's say that everything old is new again kind of thing you know what i mean so i don't know i'm glad i'm glad that they shelved these projects just because i want gta 6 sooner than later but i think i think most of us feel that way next story johnny we're kind of we're kind of going through kind of chipping away at these faster than i would like but it is what it is this one comes from game rant written by oh lord okay Smangaliso Similane. I hope I said that right. Smangaliso Similane. Um, someone correct me on the spelling. Forspoken delay sets Square Enix up for a big 2023. That's true. The realm of open world games may appear overcrowded at times. Because it is, sometimes. And in 2022, already there have been several open world titles released, including Horizon Forbidden West, Elden Ring, and Ghostwire Tokyo, to name a few. However, there are always developers looking to reinvent the genre and prove to gamers that there is still plenty of innovation that is possible. One of the upcoming games that plans to do this luminous productions for Spoken, which has taken has take which takes common isekai tropes and applies them to a story about a rough and tough New Yorker who finds herself mysteriously transported to a dangerous fantasy land. Johnny, do you know what an isekai is? I don't know. Isekai is a subgenre of anime that is all about like regular people being transported to like fantasy worlds. I've heard of the concept, which is not that uncommon, right? I think there's a lot of movies are in. That's not new, right? But that's kind of like what Forspoken basically is, is: this you know New York girl transferred to a fantasy land. The game has caught the attention of gamers for various reasons, including the protagonist's penchant for making witty quips and the unique travel methods on offer that allows players to zip across the landscape at stunning speeds. Forspoken's trailers and gameplay reveals have let gamers get a glimpse of what they can expect from the upcoming game. However, as soon as gamers feel like they will finally experience Frey Holland's adventure, the game's release date keeps getting pushed back and back. Forspoken has had a long development history fraught with difficulty, but its delay into 2023 may ultimately be a good thing for Square Enix. And it ensures that the company will have an upcoming year full of headliners. Luminous Production is at Square Enix Studio, formed in 20... Okay, this kind of goes into the history of the studio themselves. Uh, right. Johnny, we were. This, was a, this is one of the few games where you and I actually at the same time are both interested in. And it's just funny how it was already delayed to like earlier this year. I wouldn't then, mind if they delight, delay this until like July of next year. Is it because you're just... You wanted to like marinate, kind of. Yeah, I like what I see, but the world just does look pretty damn empty. You did tell me that you've been every time we talk about this game, you always bring up how it looks very empty and kind of just sparse. Yeah, I think you think maybe you think that will benefit it. All this, are they gonna populate those landscape more? You think or? Yeah, but it's Square Enix, right? They're not known for like crazy, amazing fucking gameplay. How dare you, sir? How dare you? I think this is a universal idea. Have you not played Final Fantasy VII Remake? I have, and it was like, it was alright. Mm. It was a big jump from the previous games, but... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you're not... Okay, I was kind of exaggerating. You're not entirely wrong, I think. Most uh, people who play Square Enix games, it's not really for the gameplay so much as it is for the story and the characters and all the, the, aesthetic, yeah. the aesthetics, all the nice all the nice visual stuff, right? Not so much for the tactile... Tifa. <laughs> Tifa... Aerith, Yuffie, right? Not so much for the tactile feedback or like controls, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a fair, fair statement to make. 
I just um, I I think you met, you brought this up earlier, and you said you feel like it's just trying to avoid like a that holiday kind of like drowning among releases, which. This is like the first time in a long time where the holiday is not as stacked as previous holidays. But even then, they kind of maybe they just want to stand out in, like you said, January or early 2023 and just be having like their own space to breathe. I could definitely see that. I could also just think maybe you're right about it. Maybe they just feel like they need to, they just need some more touch ups and they're not going to be able to make it in that release window originally. So I don't know. Either way, whether it's just to get out of the way or to work on stuff i i hope either way it turns out well i plan on playing it within release window maybe not day one but definitely within that first half of 2023 uh it looks cool it looks different definitely different from traditional square Enix stuff so i look forward to it any other thoughts on that johnny or you just want to move okay we're moving on last article here from ign written by logan plant such a such a just a unassuming name logan plant ea employees reportedly very unhappy about that single player tweet an all hands on deck damage control plan was reportedly discussed after ea's poorly received posts this is funny to me because we talked about this last week with joe but uh this happened years ago though right this is a different tweet this is the tweet from last week oh uh, uh, like, oh, they're a 10, but they only play single-player games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said we're difficult. Huh? Uh, kind of implies that we're difficult, right? They only play single-player games, and you're like, you're like, oh, like, you're like, you're not that, like, cultured, or you're not that, like, it, it, you're inferior somehow, basically, the, the implication. When we moved from the internet dunking on EA social media accounts, some of the developers' employees are reportedly unhappy with the posts that implied single-player games aren't worthwhile. Last Thursday, EA's official Twitter account posted what instantly turned into a controversial tweet saying, they're a 10, but they only like playing single-player games. The post is a play on the they're a 10, but trend that dominate that was dominate, it's dominating social media right now. The internet did not react kindly to this post, pointing out things like EA's disastrous rollout of microtransactions in Star Wars Battlefront 2 and other instances of its shaky history with single-player games. Just hours after the post, EA tweeted again, saying, Roast well-deserved. We'll take this L, because playing single-player games actually makes them an 11. Which is kind of cringy when you, like, you know, like, uh, like, it's a hard, like, 180, like, like turn. It's kind of like gives me whiplash, you know what I mean? Yeah. In a report from US, USA Today's FTW, a plan was apparently put in place to try and turn a negative into a positive, where EA Studios would publicly ridicule the tweet to gain favor with the audience. However, multiple social media managers reportedly declined, with some EA employees saying that roasting the company would only magnify EA's poor reputation. Yeah, who came up with that dumb fucking strategy? Among gamers. According to the report, there was such a dislike for the tweet among EA employees, in part because EA's main social media account is reportedly not managed by the company's social or communications team. Rather, the Twitter account is said to be managed by people outside of the game industry. Oh, so just PR people. Quote, they're all new and most of them, to my knowledge, aren't really game industry people, end quote, one of USA Today's sources said. Quote, the person who posted that tweet didn't know... And wasn't supported properly to ensure something like this didn't happen, end quote. Now, EA is apparently hosting roundtable discussions with executives who are angry about the post. Since some of EA Studios working on single-player games 
view the tweet as an insult. For more on EA, you can check out. Every, uh, okay, once kind of a more of a plug stuff, but uh, thank you, Logan Plant, for writing that article for us. Johnny, this is like one of the weirdest things ever. It's like if you could imagine, like I'm trying to think of any other company who ever did this. Like, imagine place Sony being like they're a ten, but they only play The Last of Us. I feel or, like I'm missing a little context though. Like, how did it come about? Like, what exactly did they ask? It's not a question. It's it's like a it's like a trend going around where like people say like oh like they're describing like a either a real person or a fictitious person as a ten like a ten being like perfect like yeah oh but then like the one like weakness or the one thing they lack yeah so, so like I seen some where like one of my favorite ones I saw this morning I sent it to the I sent it to the bu- to the guys uh, which is uh, Brian and our friends um, it's a funny one it's like it's a good gaming one but it's kind of like relatable. Where uh, did I take the screenshot? No, did I download it? No, okay, I probably I probably took the screenshot. Let me find the screenshot. But oh, here you go. She's a ten, but it's two a.m. and she won't stop saying you can't end on a loss as she queues up for another game. So saying like she's perfect, but like she won't let me sleep because she keeps saying like you can't end on a loss. Like keep playing, keep playing until we win, basically kind of thing, right? Hmm. So this is just one example, but there's a lot. I seen like oh, she's a ten. Or he's a 10, but he f- listens to Joe Rogan. Or, oh, she's a 10, but, like, there's, like, one thing they do that kind of, like, they, basically it's a bad thing. So it's supposed to be, like, a f- character weakness, mm-hmm. basically. But it's, like, oh, that's, like, one thing that keeps them back from being, like, truly perfect. But, like, visually, physically, or in any other way, they're, like, a perfect except for that one thing they do. Mm-hmm. So EA try to kind of hijack that kind of run with you know stay trendy, do be hip, do like what Twitter's doing. So it's just a random post. This wasn't like a forum or anything. No, this was a just a tweet, just mm-hmm. the EA's account put. It wasn't even addressed to a different comment. No, it wasn't even addressed to anybody. It was just kind of just like a like hey, like you guys can relate to this, right? Like they're a ten, but they only like playing single player games, which is. I don't know, kind of funny because like at one point all games were single player games, but well, it wasn't just that. I don't think it's. Like in a bubble, that really wouldn't matter. I think it's relevant because years ago, they said single-player games are fucking dead and we're just going to do live service games. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. and that was like 2018. And also because EA is notoriously bad at handling multiplayer games. With like, Remember what happened with Battlefield? It'd be not complete. And then like, Yeah, if they were focused on these massive like online games, it'd be one thing. And they were great at it. It's like, okay, they're, we, like, they know this shit is good, so their microtransaction is a little bit egregious. But since it's fucking amazing, it's like we'll kind of put it's it It's not hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the games they put out are kind of shitty, right? The multiplayer so, ones, at least. So to have egregious, like, like surprise mechanics type of bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus yeah. a lot of glitchy-ass games. It's just like, shut the fuck up. Right? Exactly. Like, and also, kind of weird, because like they mentioned, like a lot of their, like, they own studios who are only making single-player games. Like, uh, the Jedi Survivor, the next Star Wars game, uh-huh. Jedi Survivor's own, that's EA's respawn team. And, like, they're making a single-player game. So, like, like it's like you're kind of talking crap about your own team, in a way. It's like if you imagine, like, I don't know, PlayStation being, like, or Sony coming out and saying, like, movies suck. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, yeah, Sony Pictures, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you... You know what I mean? It's like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, Except but I, your foot is a, is a separate person. Who I wonder if we can, at the same time, let it go because it's not, like... Corey no. Barlog is just like some fucking PR team. And that's egregious. Is how would you have somebody who's 
into like doing social media, running your a video game account, and like you don't know anything about the landscape. Yeah. So, I, like at the same time, I'm not sure if like I should get mad at it or be like dismissive because they're not like a gaming company actually putting out games. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I don't think you decide to be mad. I'm not mad. I just. It's, I just it's more like utter disbelief and kind of just like shock at the lack of professionalism more than like oh i'm like i don't i don't have a reason to be mad personally i just think it's just so like i don't uh, think it's unprofessionalism either i just don't know how to like word it it's um it's just a disconnect there yeah that's actually a great way of putting it It is such a disconnect between like their audience and then the people who are supposed to be running this account or like it's like it's like whenever i see someone who's not into video games and they comment about video games and it's like it's like move over pac-man and it's like dude like pac-man has been relevant over 30 years <laughs> like yeah. like i'll see like articles or like you know they'll like they'll like so something written by someone who's not who's not cognizant of video games mm-hmm. and like they try to latch on to like the biggest thing without doing their homework kind of in a way mm-hmm. like i remember when modern warfare 2 was like back in 2009 was like the biggest like selling video game like the biggest selling game of all time for like a very brief moment in time and like the news reports were like it's like oh like people parents are worried you know violence in games and like like call it and like oh like no you're like you don't know what you're talking about like you know what i mean so like to get somebody who's not like that should have been a requirement it's like hey like do you know like are you aware of like video games like you know communities and like social practices and stuff before you like hand them off like one of the biggest video game companies like accounts you know what i mean yeah it's just so so strange and so just like of course it would be ea you know what i mean it's almost like a meme that's like, true like of course ea would be the one to like fumble this you know what i mean yeah. so and i think it was weird because at the time we thought it was like somebody within ea who knew what they were talking about and so i went from kind of being like oh like this is done to not just being like oh this is just embarrassing like it went because now it's like you're not it wasn't done with like malice or spite now it's just because you just didn't you just didn't do things correctly you didn't bother to yeah i agree so i don't know i just i just thought it'd be funny to revisit this or just weird i guess to kind of i don't know i guess this is the kind of stuff that you would most people like it has nothing to do with like actual video games it's just kind of just the the uh how would you call that the environment the ecosystem around them is just kind of like tone deaf yeah, and it's also a little notorious of EA. Exactly. Johnny, that is it for our stories. Now, before we do our traditional segments, because we have a couple of things you know, we usually do, I, w- I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the one email we have addressed to you. Shit. That was, we received it like three weeks ago at this point, but last time we ran out of time, and then last week it was, Joe was on, not you, so here right, you go. Me. All right. It says, hello, Duo Sense guys. I started listening earlier this year and have come to enjoy your dialogue, but I want to know why Johnny dislikes Xbox property so much. Has he given them a try? Does he not like sci-fi as many Xbox games have that setting? Is he set in his ways? I hope you guys read this and answer. Sincerely, Pedro Alala. No, double L is Y. Ayala. Alala? Ayala. Ayala. Right? Double L in Spanish is Y sound. Ayala, I think. Okay. Johnny, what's your response to this? I don't hate Xbox. I think more than anything, it's just fun to like talk shit. The console war to me is fun. That's really what it comes console down to. Console wars are over, Johnny. No, 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 no. <laughs> Johnny's like, the war is over when I say it's over. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, 
Yeah, you're probably referring to Xbox saying that we're not competing with anybody, right? Or they said they were competing, but they were competing with different companies like Stadia. Mm-hmm. But that shit fell apart. Uh, obviously, they're competing with with Sony. Uh, but I just like talking shit because my brother also has an Xbox, right? And he made a transition from PlayStation to Xbox. So I'm always like, you fucking traitor. Right? It's that. and But there is still that sense of Xbox making a ton of promises. And then they don't really put out the massive games that we expect them to put out. And they're constantly can- canceling games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it It really pisses me off that xbox has a massive studio like uh rare and still hasn't put out a uh, banjo kazooie right i mean it's a, are you like a banjo kazooie fan though? i'm not okay i'm not but they put out killer instinct and killer instinct was super underwhelming right it didn't even compete with the modern one, street yeah. fighter or mortal Kombat. and Fair. and killer instinct was probably my favorite fighting game right so to see what they did to it was just a little bit of a slap in the face. So more of it, more than anything, it's it's fun. I think it brings out a little bit of a interesting conversation when I get like a rebuttal, right? Mm-hmm. Like here in this case, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's really all there is to it. I've played, of course, Xbox games. I like Halo. I like uh, Gears, of War. Gears of War. They're fun games. But like every damn show, it's always it's a it's kind of a meme. Halo Gears Forza, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, that's that's how I feel about it. All right, then there you go, Pedro. Thank you. Thanks for writing. Someone wrote like yeah, a while. appreciate it. It's been a while, so uh, thank you. There you go, Johnny. I was afraid I was gonna say. I uh, just like I said, is he set in his ways? I'm like that's kind of true, Johnny. You are kind of set in your ways. I think so. I think. He, I think everybody's, but I think everybody's kind of that way. Where just like you just settle into like your zone and you're just comfortable in that zone. Sort of, but I think it's uh, more of um, steering a, a giant ship. You know, like the older you get, the the more it fucking takes to get that ship to take a turn. Okay, kind of get. I well, okay, I kind of get what you're saying, but alrighty then. Thank you. All right, Johnny, what have you been playing? Uh, nothing brand new. I've been watching stuff more than anything. I've uh, been focused on like audiobooks. Um, I don't know how you listen to audiobooks. I, I have to like I I went I this week I bought a, the last big like Star Wars book that came out Shadow of the Sith. It's like five hundred plus pages, thick thick book. But like, it was like twenty five bucks as compared to listening to on the. I think I think it was offered on Audible. Like if you're a new member to read it for free for like a month, mm-hmm. but. I can't. I, I try to, like, I can't read stuff on a small screen. And I also, it's hard for me to listen to a book. Because it's not like a podcast. I think we've talked about this before. I think I talked about this last yeah, week with Joe, too. Where, like, a podcast, you can kind of skip around and jump in and jump out. And it's, like, not you're not missing a whole much. But with a book, like, you, you could, like, doze off or, like, you know, not pay attention. And then, like, five chapters, five hours later, it's like, oh, I missed that payoff because I wasn't paying attention to that one detail or something i mean it's i don't know how you can do that because i'm i i mean i don't know for sure i like to think that i'm hyper i can be hyper focused when i want to be but i don't have like that like how you can no i think you gotta find the groove with it like uh podcast yeah it doesn't matter like it's 
you could uh, listen to like some comedy type related podcast and they have so many different segments. You just jump in. Back. Yeah, like 20 minutes later, you jump into a different segment and it, it doesn't fucking matter. With the audiobook, with it being the same subject and it being like from eight hours, because I like my books to be from eight hours to about 12 hours. But it's tough, dude. Like, I got to get really ready. Like, pick a book I like. And at the point where I jump into it, it has to be a... I have to be doing something where I can just focus on the book and focus on the task. So, whatever. Maybe I might decide to build a workbench, right? Right. I know nothing is going to be bothering me. And I'm just going to focus on the bench and the audiobook. It's... I don't know. Like... I feel like if I was working on a workbench, I would want to have my whole mind focused on the workbench and not, like, fragmented. No? No. There's a lot of, like, dead time in between that. There isn't just, like, putting in screws and cutting... There's, like, a lot of measuring the fucking yeah. pieces that you're going to cut. There's a plenty of quiet time in between that. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing, like, headphones, too. Right? Mm-hmm. So, it's very... I don't know how to describe it, dude. It's sort of like a, like a documentary you've been meaning to see. And you're like, once I get into it, I'm going to be so focused in it. But if I'm just... If I'm at on my phone at the same time, this isn't going to work. You know? Interesting. Because I think it would take more... F- it takes a lot of focus for to sure. do the bench thing than it is to just mindlessly look at your phone because you can just tune no. out your phone and just listen. Whereas when you're like measuring and stuff, like numbers, you have to remember, make sure not to like cut yourself or something. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have screwed that in yet. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Okay, you know how we talk about having like mental bandwidth. Yes, I think the audiobook in that scenario is like twenty percent. Maybe ten percent, and the rest is like the bench. Is there stuff that you forget, and you're just like, oh, "We're just gonna keep rolling. Like, we're not gonna go back." Like, do you think? Do you have moments where like you kind of like space out and it's like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" That's ah, okay. I'll just roll with what's going on right now. No, I'll just go back like thirty seconds. Oh, it's only thirty seconds. Yeah, I, can I go 30, 30 60. Because I, I do that sometimes it. when I watch like anime, where like I stop reading. And I start to like either start to fall asleep or I get distracted. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, what are they talking about now? And I have to like rewind to like, like, oh, I remember that sentence. Like, okay, that's where we're at. But the but the books, the thing with the books is they have the most value. Like a lot of the podcasts are a lot of just junk, you know, it's junk, True. mental junk food. So when you listen to an audiobook, the payoff is a lot better. I feel that way, but only for like Dan Carlin or anything that's like that I feel like I'm getting something out of like history or uh, someone, uh, I forgot who it was. Someone told me there's a great one to listen to about like, uh, or like they just teach you about random stuff in the world. That, like you generally, you generally don't think about or hear about. It's like, Hey, like, did you know that, you know, there's a part of the world where this and this happens kind of thing. Yeah. One of those podcasts would be like sci Friday. Science sounds, Friday. Sounds Sci-Fi. familiar. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of see that, but uh, Okay, okay, so, okay, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. What were you listening to, or? I don't know. I asked you what, you <laughs> I don't said, know fuck you said I haven't been playing that much, but I have been listening to a lot oh, of. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been listening to, of course, obviously podcasts all the time. Uh, the last book I read was uh, Annie Jacobson book. It's a uh, first platoon. It's about military and surveillance and how they create tactics overseas like technologies like fingerprinting, mm. facial scanning, DNA, etc. Um, biometrics. So Ooh. they first implemented in overseas and then they're like, hey, uh, we can use a lot of these systems back in the US. 
and this was part of our fear with like the Patriot Act and massive surveillance and the NSA sounds like scary stuff collecting data and uh, they like show show what technology they need how they create it how they implement it and then how it comes back here uh, I'm reiterating I know um, so that's what the book is about Super did you finish it or you're still like in the midst of reading it no I completed it oh okay uh, and then she usually has like Okay, let me tell you about the shit that is credible. And then at the end, she'll add some shit where it's like, that's fucking wild. Like, towards the very end, like the very last chapter. Mm. Um, I'll tell you that later after the pod. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I've been listening to audiobooks, uh, video games, not a whole lot. I thought you were going to say, I've been listening to video games. I'm like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> Like soundtracks or something? I was thinking like... No, there's no new games. Like I, I've mentioned before, I'll say it again, it's like this weird position where I'm like, I need a PlayStation. All the games I want to play are on the PS5. You They're know? also on the PS4 still, Johnny. Yeah, but it's... Like, remember... Um, like I told your brother, like, in a year, like, talk to me again and then I'll tell you something different probably. But remember I told you, like, yeah, I can wait for Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, I really meant it. Like, you got it and I was like, I gotta fucking play it now that Andrew got it. But playing through Horizon... I constantly felt like this You're is missing. the inferior version. Uh, and and then I'm in a... I'm, like, having fun. It's great. You're just hung up on that. But I'm still, like, in photo mode, and I'm, like... How much better could this look? Great. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> all of that. So, I don't want to do... I don't want to do that to myself again. Like, of, of course. If the game is there, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. So, you're actually going to wait... For God of War, Ragnarok, longer than most people will. I don't care as long as it's the best experience. So you just avoid spoilers and just avoid the internet until you play it? Or, or just know not to go to certain places? I'm pretty good with that. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty good with avoiding spoilers. Unless it's something where I don't really care for, I'll just go straight into spoilers. Like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, the last... Um, strange film, Doctor Strange. Yes, I jumped into those spoilers there, because I heard it wasn't that great, and then I was like, I I gotta see what they're talking about. Does it mean you've already been spoiled for Thor? No. Okay. I don't want to be spoiled because I might see Better Ray Bill. You know. Yeah, I don't want to be spoiled either. That's probably the biggest part for me. That's also why I watch the Marvel movies like literally the night before they come out, if possible, because I just want to avoid the spoilers. Like, they, I, it's hard to avoid them, especially on like Twitter and Instagram and every other facet of internet. Like, I have like f- young like family members who be like, "Hey, like, did you see this part when this didn't happen?" Like, ah, da, 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 da. Uh, Marvel stuff is tougher to avoid though, because it's so much it's culturally like, present. Yes, and it's also like very easy to put on the thumbnail. You know, like oh. video games are harder to spoil in a thumbnail. I hate. Yeah, you're right. I hate when IGN or like IGN is the most notorious for doing this. Where it's like, hey, like, what does this character's inclusion? And it's like, like yes, someone you didn't know about in the it's, thumbnail. It's going to be like, what does beta real mean to the future of the MCU? Yeah, it's like five hours after like the day started or something. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. What does a death of Thor mean? Some random shit. Yeah. God, I hope that doesn't happen, but now I'm scared. Ah, you see, it's a good thing I have to watch it tonight, because otherwise, you, don't, you, ne- you never know. You never know. And this doesn't post until probably tomorrow, so spoilers. Possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to know if he dies or doesn't die. But... How long after do you think is good is okay for spoilers? So in the Star Wars group, so like the so in Geek News Now, which is like the group, the the site that I 
write for every now and then. Uh, I'm about to reach my 100th article, actually. Hmm. Uh, there's a general rule of thumb that after a week, like, don't talk about it after a week, after for the first week, and then after the week, week pass, just put the spoilers, like, tag, and then, like, put the space between the posts, and then, like, put what you actually, actually want to say. But you'll always get a heads up. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. For or, film? Oh, they'll put up, like, a thing, they'll put, like, a thing in the chat, like, hey, like, spoiler ban, like, is in effect now, like, don't, like talk about this i think for film a week is fair for video games i'd say like a little bit longer three months three months that's a little much maybe two months games is games are so hard just because like they're lengthy they're not like movies right so you can't like you can't like sit in a weekend like yeah i'm gonna pump out like i'm gonna you know put go through these five films real quick yeah yeah and like with video games it's like man like i wasn't gonna play that but like i wasn't urgently gonna play it you know what i mean yeah, but not just that. The The price of entry is so much higher than a film. Oh, the actual economic price. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. There are some games where, like, I remember, because I'm looking at it right now behind you, Uncharted 4. Uh, uh, was it a, a Drake's Thieves. something? Drake's. I think it's a Thief's Sand. A Thief's Sand. There you go. I believe it was, like, five months after the game came out. I didn't have a PS4 yet. But the game, after five months after the game came out, and I was listening to a podcast, and they're like, and it sounded like they were about to go into spoiler territory, and they're like, "Like, oh, hold on, hold on. Well, we're not going to say this when this happens because we know some of you guys haven't." I'm like, "Oh, thank God," because it was like five months after, and they could have easily just like spoiled it, but like they kind of like suggested certain things, and then when I finally played the game, I'm like, "Oh, okay, good." Like that thing they were suggesting didn't actually happen, mm-hmm. or something like that. And I can talk about what that is, but I'm going to be you know courteous and not talk about it. But it's I'm- weird. It's definitely weird. With I, th- I do treat video game spoilers different than movie spoilers. I think. Yeah, I think movie spoilers are much more kind of like in the moment thing in the ether kind of, and then video game it's like you never know when yeah like you said when someone might come back to this in the future and like actually be interested in like you know binging the series all at once kind of thing. I know like the most common one uh, is the Final Fantasy VII one with a certain character's fate right. That's like the most popular, most memed one, and like. I still run into people online who are like, oh, wow, I didn't know this happened to her or something like that. And it's like, you know, since 1997, you know what I mean? Like, But people, as they grow up and stuff come into new stuff, and it's like, it's impossible to absorb stuff you weren't cognizant of, you know? So you can't, like, retroactively, like, oh, you should have known that. It's like, dude, like, I'm, like, 12 years old. Like, how was I supposed to know that? You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think video games is a more sensitive topic when it comes to spoilers. This one's interesting because I remember I talked to my co-host on the star on the my Star Wars show, Abram, because he's like he's like twenty one, and I was like, like was there a moment when you realized that Luke, that Anakin and Darth Vader were like the same person, or did you always know that? And he's like, he's like I think I always just kind of knew that. Like I always just took it for granted. He's like, like Clone Wars or just like from people around me. Like he's like I never had that. <gasps> like that gasp moment like realizing he's like no i always knew but he's like i can't tell you exactly when i knew though so like there's certain things that just kind of live in like people just kind of know in terms of um things that should be like a spoiler but it's just kind of a given you know what i mean yeah and it's so much different because of tech today it's like you're on your phone and it's just always in your damn face you know all these spoilers Whereas before, if you didn't see if you didn't see Star Wars when it first came out, you could go a whole decade and nobody's trying to spoil it for you, you know? Right. Uh, 
So, well, that's how I feel about fucking spoilers. So, Johnny, that's all you've been listening, playing, watching? Uh, I'm still watching. Um, like I said, I finished uh, Stranger Things. Now, now the new, like part two of part three. No, part, part two, two of part four. four came out. So, I got to catch up on that. Uh, I've been watching Love, Death, and Robots. I saw. You were talking about that with our cousin Joe in the chat. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I love the damn series. Uh, that That's one of the series where... I want to pace it like, let me just watch one episode per week. Cause once that series is done, I, like I really feel the void for that, right? Um, it's like that Paulo Escobar meme where he's just like walking around his house. Yes, like, yes, yeah. And just look at the floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's a perfect meme for that. Uh, so I feel very empty when uh, Love, Death, and Robots is gone. That's how I feel when I watch like a very good show that I like or like. Either when the show is gone, like it's done, like the finale happened, or I have to wait a whole year for the next part. I'm just like, like, remember when Cobra Kai season four ended and I was like, oh man, like I really have to wait another year to find out what happens next. Like, oh man, that kind of sucks. <laughs> so I get it. I get, I get the pacing thing, but I'm much more, I'm like, I just want it now. I'm going to binge it all right now. Well, like I said, I only got four episodes left and the episodes are only like 20 minutes, you know? And it kind of helps that they're not like, interconnected right they're not like no not at all so you're not left with like cliffhangers of like i guess i have to find out next week kind of thing right no they're all self-contained so that kind of helps the format i think yeah uh i mean thankfully i I got plenty of other shows where i'm like a little bit reluctant to go into Mm -hmm. because i don't want it to detract me from the other shows that i really like you know yes that weird little balance it's like why i can only play like two or three games at a time exactly Yeah. yeah Uh, so what do you think is a, uh, oh, dude, fuck. There's so much shit like. Are you I, hungry? Her stomach. Was that? Like I you? think that was your phone. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, is there anything good that you think I should watch? Like you've recommended a couple, um, like R R R. I gotta see that thing. Oh, dude, you need to watch that. Oh, oh. Uh, yesterday I just bought uh. Because I've been waiting to see this movie for months, and it was I couldn't watch it in theaters. Like the theatrical window was so short, I couldn't get to see it. But I bought. I wish I watched it last night instead of Gundam, so I could talk about it today. But uh, I got uh, everything everywhere all at once. Okay. Which is considered like many people who like watch movies like that's like the the best movie of twenty twenty two so far. And I'm like, what? And like, it's not on the streaming service, at least not like included. Okay. I think you can get it off of like Apple or Amazon for like nineteen ninety nine or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just bought the Blu-ray because it's actually cheaper than that. It was like eighteen, seventeen something. Mm-hmm. So I just bought the Blu-ray that has like the DVD also with it, like that double two pack thing. I haven't seen it yet. I will for sure have seen it by the next week when we record again, and I'll let you know how it goes. But supposedly it's like one of the most like emotional, like transformative experiences like in a film ever. And I'm like, that, that people have hyped it up a lot. But like looking at like reviews and Metacritic score and everything, like, mm, like this might be something special what here. Is it an action film? Or? It's weird. It's a sci-fi kung, like kind of like martial arts, uh, drama. Okay. It's like it's the weird premise is like this woman. It's like a multiverse kind of movie, but it's not like an MCU one where it sets up other stuff. It's a self-contained story. From what I understand, it has something to do with her being like she forgot to pay some taxes or something. It's weird. It's such a weird concept, but like I think I can explain it further once I actually watch it because I purposely avoided finding out more of it because I want to be surprised when I watch it. 
Okay. I just gave you the basic, like, everything that's been spoiled for me so far is what I just said. Taxes, multiverse. And that's about it. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Um and I'll let you know how it is. You know what? We should do that at the end of the year. We should do a recap and be like, hey, this is the best games, the best anime, the best shows, the best. Oh, for films. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna do best games regardless, like we did it last year. We did our like kind of like our like our personal and then our together game of the year. Okay. So we're gonna do that anyways. But yeah, we could definitely do that for our for other media outside of uh, Yeah, this is our top recommendations of, of every piece of media that we've got. Yeah, I think once I mean once a year once a we year. We could even put favorite books in there, all that. I think yeah, once a year that's not such a bad idea. It's I mean it's primarily video games, but yeah, we can yeah. There's we're more than just gamers, I guess. You can throw that in there too. But uh back to games, Johnny. Are you ready for our next segment, Johnny? I'm ready. Are you ready to name that game? Yes, sir. Add music in post, that's why. Not saying anything important so it doesn't overlap with the music. All right. I think that's enough time. <laughs> All right, Johnny, we got six questions for you this week. Johnny, first question. Sorry for the interruption. First question. In God of War 2, Kratos acquires some large feathery wings that he can use to glide from the shoulders of its previous user. Who did he take the wings from? A. Helios. B. Theseus. C. Perseus. Or D. Icarus. I'm gonna go with Perseus. Now remember, Johnny, you have the option to narrow down the answers. Do you want to do that? No. Is that your final answer? Yes. That is incorrect, Johnny. Icarus. Icarus. Remember, he's the one who flowed too close to the sun. Yeah, I was getting confused with. It's a trick question, kind of, because all these characters are in God of War too. Well, except for Helios. But Theseus is that guy you fight in front of the horses. I don't know if you remember. He's the one who opens that gate. You have to fight on the giant horses. No. And then no. Perseus is that guy you get the 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 fleece, the golden fleece from. Okay. Icarus is the one who you rip the wings as you're falling through the sky with him, entangled. You rip the wings from his shoulders and you like use them. You steal them to fly. Well, I was gonna go with Icarus, but I was like, isn't Icarus the dude that has the little wings on his ankles? That's Hermes. Oh, okay, that's Hermes. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't see Kratos with little four-inch wings on his on his back. No, no, <laughs> he, he takes so, them off the shoes and puts them on. No. <laughs> I'm just throw these shoes behind me. No, that's okay. You're, 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 you'll make it up. You'll make it up. Number two, Johnny. Number two says there are many hedgehog characters in the beloved Sega franchise, Sonic the Hedgehog. Which one of these is not? A hedgehog. So they're all characters, but they're but one of these is not a hedgehog. Is it A, Shadow, B, Amy, C, Silver, or D, Knuckles? Amy. Is a bat. That is incorrect, Johnny. What? Rouge is a bat. Uh, Amy okay. is a pink hedgehog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Knuckles was the answer. Knuckles is an echidna. He is not a hedgehog. Wait, you said it's not a hedgehog, right? Yes. So then, who's a bat? Rouge, but she's not included in this list. 
Oh, okay. Shadow's a hedgehog. Amy is a pink hedgehog, and Silver is a well, silver hedgehog. Okay. Not too. Not, okay. See, this is when this is what happens after the first week. They were too hard. Second week, they were too easy. I, I, I'm like calibrating. In so real we're time. going for three out of five. Is that what we're doing? Three out of six, hopefully at this point. All right. Okay. Four out of six, actually, because three out of six would be messed up again. Number three, Johnny. JRPGs have come a long way in the last four decades or so. From what classic game do JRPGs loosely trace their origins from? Is it A, Risk, B, Dungeons and Dragons, C, Settlers of Catan, or D, Monopoly? Now you just want one of those. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Settlers of Catan. Are you sure? Are you you have the option to eliminate some answers, some wrong answers? All right, go for it. All right. We're eliminating Risk and we're eliminating Sellers of Catan. So it's either Monopoly or Dungeons and Dragons. Let's go with Dungeons and Dragons. That is correct, Johnny. All right. Dungeons and Dragons is largely considered to be the first RPG role-playing game. Good. So you're one for 3 so far, one for 3. One out of three, that is. Number four, the GTA series spoofs many real-world locations. San Andreas is California, Vice City is meant to be Miami, and so on. What city is Liberty City based on? Is it A, Chicago, B, Seattle, C, New York City, or D, Boston? Those are tough. Think of Grand Theft Auto 4, Johnny. Think of Grand Theft Auto 4, which has Liberty City in it. You want me to read them again? No, uh, shit, Boston. Go with Boston. That is incorrect, Johnny. New York City. No, that was too on the nose. This is a giant statue of Liberty. It's called Liberty City. (laughs) There's a giant statue of Liberty. It's like a kind of like a parody, but it's a giant statue, all right? New York City, Johnny. You're one out of four so far. Not not yours, not yours. Maybe I did make these a little too hard, maybe. I don't know. No, I should have gone in the last one. Number five. Almost all video game consoles have code names before they are revealed. What Nintendo console was Project Revolution ultimately named? A. GameCube. B. Switch. C. N64. Or D. Wii. That's my only lifeline? Yes. All right. What what does your gut want to tell you? What's when you hear those? What's like the one that you're like, hmm, like you get like a pull towards GameCube. Interesting. GameCube, but it's it's revolution and they're it's so gimmicky. I want to say it has something to do with like some new mechanic. So, I am gonna stick with GameCube. That is incorrect, John. Uh, we. I really thought you had it when you said a gimmick, because motion controls some would consider are a gimmick. Yes, yes, but but I was like, what is it about the Wii that is like some type of revolution thing? There's nothing. Motion controls. That was fairly new at the was time. Was that the first time they put it? They integrated that from the from the start. Yeah, I mean, PlayStation had the PlayStation I, which was kind of like a precursor to that, but that was like an add-on. That wasn't like the main system. I mean, but six axes on the PS. That was about the same time as... Yeah, but the Wii did way more with motion controls than 6-axis did. That's true. And 6-axis was whack. Yes, exactly. No revolution there yet. Okay. You're one out of five so far, Johnny. Not, not, not your strongest showing. Let's see if we can make it up for the last one. When did the PS3 debut in the United States? Which one? When did the PS3 debut in the United States? Was it A, December 2005? B, 
November 2006, C, October 2007, or D, September 2008. So if you can remember the year, the year's going to help you out the most. 2005, 2006, 2007, or 2008? 2008. Yeah, let's go with that. Shit, no, no. no I'm holding no. off because you're still, no, I can no, see no, you no. counting in your head. Yeah. Five. Is that your final answer? Yes, five. That is incorrect, Johnny. 2006 was when the PS3 came out. 2006. Yeah, I was trying to figure out. Like, obviously, what's the lifetime of the of the PS at that time? I remember this was kind of cheating for me because I remember I was in 11th grade when it came out, and that's yeah, 2006. So, all right, Johnny, you only got one out of six correct this week. Yeah, I should have gotten the Grand Theft Auto and the PS1. I feel like you should have gotten the God of War one too, but that's fine. No, that's fine. that was tricky. Because of the little wings, bro. Like, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, okay, that's a little misleading because Hermes like, does have wings on his shoes. Little buffalo wild wings, right but... there. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Thank you for playing. Thank you for playing this week. Uh, I need to, I need to calibrate these like for you, like so it's like ch- enough to cause you to pause, but enough where you still have like room to figure it out. I think I think those were good. The the one like even the Sonic one was good. I didn't think about it enough. The one I was absolutely not going to get is a JRPG one. I mean, if you look at the mechanics of what an RPG is, you can just, like, it's not I don't Risk. Know JRPG mechanics. And it's not Monopoly. And, like, it can only be Settlers or Dungeons and Dragons. And then just ask yourself, which one of those is closer to an RPG? Because I think Settlers of Catan is more like an RTS. But I haven't played Catan. I have it, but I haven't played it. You see, that's why I went with it, because I figured Johnny has it. He plays, played it at some point. Yeah, I haven't. I have Monopoly, so I was like, there's no fucking way it's Monopoly. That's true. After playing. So I made some presumptions about you that turned out to not be incorrect, basically. Johnny, thank you for playing, though. It's always fun. I was, this is a, that's probably my second favorite thing after us talking about what we played. but It'll be cool when we have a third person, because we can like really you know, figure out who's going to go did first. You, did you listen to last week when I had Joe on? Uh... No, I was waiting for that thing like a whole fucking week. He I got, don't know when you dropped he it. He got six out of six. What? Yeah. Hmm. And I did the same thing too, where I like some of them are clearly catered towards you, and then some were like, are like more like general broad knowledge. And he got six out of six. You got to reclaim your honor, Johnny. You got to reclaim your honor. How's a guest going six to get out you? Of six. How do you get six out of six? He got them all easily. He got them all right. <laughs> and that's how. Yeah, but did he guess, or he was just like immediately? He did the thing where he would wait to kind of like build up suspense and then he would just like answer correctly like right away. Hmm. He like wait a few seconds and he's like, the answer is this. And like, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is the answer. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is a shorter episode than usual, but we kind of just kind of blew through everything easily. I think, I don't know. There wasn't that much to talk about. I didn't play. I honestly, I didn't play that much this past week. Uh, mostly just watched Gundam and stuff, but uh mm-hmm. I have a couple games I'm probably going to continue playing. Uh, still need to finish uh, Star Wars uh, Squadrons. I think I'm almost done with that one. Need to finish Neon White. Need to finish Lego Star Wars. I'm like on the last two episodes. So mm-hmm. that's La- The Last Jedi and uh, Rise of Skywalker. So out of the nine movies, I'm on the last two, basically. So should have that done by next week. Um, 
if you managed to make it this far, we appreciate your listenership as always. Uh, if you want to write to us like our friend Pedro did earlier today, you can reach us uh, at duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that is duosensepodcast, one word, at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, uh, which I'm starting to use a little bit more now to kind of you know build up the, the base for that. Uh, duosensep on Twitter. That's duosensep altogether. And yeah, that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, you want to tell Johnny... I mean, yes, yeah, su- suggestions for a segment or anything. I think if we have a use to submit a question or anything, we should put it at the top of the show. When you said the top, like, uh, is it like geographically, right be- where's that at? Like right after the intro. Oh, so like the, before the beginning, at the beginning. Yes. At the top, I'm like, well, before the, the bottom. Before all the news. Gotcha, gotcha. Good point, good point. That is all for us this week, guys. We'll catch you later next week, and goodbye. Peace.